Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Adam uh, is going to lead us. He's new on staff, and he's going to be leading us in the Word today. So, Adam, come on, man. And uh, here's what I want to, yeah, come on, yeah. So, real quick, real quick, there's uh, a couple things to remember before as he gets kind of set up. After the service, you guys can hang out, and uh, we've got two uh, new uh, families joining our staff, Adam, Andrew, Kelly and Amanda and all the kids, they're gonna be hanging out after the service. So after this, we're gonna break for like a few minutes. You can go out, go to the bathroom. We got a little snack foods or something out there as far as I know. And then we're gonna come back in and we're gonna have a time where we connect. But last night, I sent a text to my friend here just saying, I'm praying for you as you bring the word. And uh, it was late, right? Like close to 9.30 at night. And... I said, man, I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you tomorrow as you bring the word. And uh, I get a text back and he goes, what do you, you mean tomorrow? And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, I, th- I thought it was next week that you had me sharing. And you know that moment where you put on the spot where it's not funny anymore? <laughs> it was still funny to me. Yeah, it's funny to you. I'm glad. <laughs> But adrenaline hit my heart and hit my brain, and I was like, I'm, I'm froze. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh no. I made another mistake. As you can tell, I'm not the best communicating at details and announcements. It's just not one of the things God gifted me with. But um, Adam uh, really is becoming a great friend to me. And when I look across the table at you, you seem serious, but you're not a lot of the time. <laughs> and you make me laugh. And I love you, man, and I, you, I can't man. wait for you to open the word for us today. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thanks. So, well, last night when, when um, I texted them, like, kind of teasing a little bit, my wife, you know, real tenderhearted, like, tell them you're joking. Tell them you're joking. I'm like, no, let's go wait a little bit longer. Let's tell them you're joking. I really liked it. I literally love Jay. I enjoy him. I kind of got pleasure out of him kind of maybe suffering a little bit. I'm the youngest child, so I get pleasure out of maybe sometimes being a stinker, but... Um, hey, it's a real honor, privilege to get to be here. Um, I received this opportunity to, to preach just very humbly and gratefully. I, again, I'm Adam. My wife and I actually grew up here. We started some churches. We came back from the mission field. Um, the handsome guy here, raise your hand. That's Andrew. He's the other new pastor. I've been called Andrew a couple of times. The one with the cool hair is Andrew, and the older guy is Adam. But, um, but I can speak for Andrew. We're really just so honored to be here. So impressed with the staff, so impressed with the heart of Midtown and the culture and the values, and we're thrilled to be a part of it. And so this, this evening, I've got a really simple message. Normally, when I preach, I have one like primary text, and I preach through the text with a lot of attentiveness and awareness to the context. But tonight, Lord really laid on my heart to preach about spirit and truth. And so I'm going to start. My wife's going to come up and share just from a devotional And the devotional is going to tie into my message really throughout the whole thing. Because I want us to grasp the beauty and the importance of the gospel, the truth, and the spirit. It's not one or the other. It's both spirit 
and truth. So this is my beautiful wife. Hello. It's such an honor for me to be up here with you guys and be a part of the church family. Um, Before I talk about this, I just felt like it was super important that we kind of check our heart's posture. Um, I feel like that's important for me to do often because sometimes we can hear stuff and we just kind of enter in instead of being like, where's my heart at? And um, I wanted to share a quick story with you that kind of communicates what I want to communicate. And that is this week I had um, a new friend who I did not know come to my home. And this new friend who had, I hadn't even seen her face, I, I knew her name, and that was it, brought me this beautiful gift. And it was beautifully packaged, and it was a good, huge, bulky size. And um, she gives me this present, and I'm like, wow, I don't even know you, and you bought me a present. And so I was kind of taken back, and I was with my daughter, and She invited me to open the gift, and so I opened the gift, and I'm pulling it out, and there's lots of things in there, and they're pretty, and so I don't know what happened, because she does not know me, and I don't know, something came over my spirit, and I got really giddy like a little girl, and the only thing that came out of my mouth was, I love presents. Like, it was kind of embarrassing. Like, I, I kind of st- stood back afterwards, and I'd be like, wow, I just said that. <laughs> and I was. I was a little embarrassed, but I was like, you know what? That's the truth. It was a, in that moment, I felt really giddy, and I haven't felt like that in a while. And so I, I share that to say, as Adam shares this devotional, that you would come in being a little giddy. Because I believe that something on one of these pages, if not some things, is a gift to you tonight. There is a word of hope. There is a message of truth. There is healing on one of these pages for you. And so I want you to be like, I love presents. Um, Just so you know the, the backstory of this, this devotional was birthed out of a time when our family was learning about the Holy Spirit, and it was kind of a new path for our family. And um, I don't know if we have a picture or not, but I have a picture of my kids. I don't know if it got translated. Yeah. So this was my community group for a while. Um, We were learning about the Holy Spirit together, and the Lord was teaching me about his heart for revival, and he was teaching me about how he wanted to use my children, and it felt very humbling because I was seeing the Holy Spirit work through them in ways I wasn't seeing in my own life, and so I had the opportunity to breathe on that and also to learn from that, and so it was this really tender season, and the little dude in his Batman uniform that he wore all the time. Um, I was noticing with him that the Holy Spirit was really talking to him and showing him things. And they weren't like, you know, if you weren't really paying attention, you could be like, oh, that's so cute. But I was like, whoa, that's not really in line with your character. That's not in line with your personality. And so it stood out to me, and I, I felt like a responsibility to steward that. And so I sat beneath him, and I said, hey, bud, why don't we start writing these things down? And so as a discipline, every day for a season, we would sit at our table, and it was very simple. We would just pray, and we would say, Holy Spirit, would you give us something today? And typically, it was one line. It was something very simple, and he'd be like, okay, going to go back and play now? I was like, absolutely, dude. Sometimes there was nothing, and I, I gave permission for there to be nothing. He'd be like, I don't have anything today. And I was like, okay, scoot, 
you know, like, go do what you got to do. But every day we had the discipline of being uh, available to receive. And so I think the cool thing for me today that I was just undone during worship is, is that God saw you and me a decade ago, almost, in this moment, because he had a word for you. He had a gift for you. And he wants you to take it out of the bag and and be giddy. And so that's the invitation that I want to really offer to you today, um, because there is something really sacred in this book. And I love that I get to be the mommy this many years later. I, I love it. It's sacred for me. So I just bless you as you receive these words. Thank you. My son wrote this. We have, he was uh, six years old. And like, like Kelly said, thank you for sharing that, Kelly. Just, just receive Receive it as if it's the gift that a friend came and brought Kelly. It's a gift from the Lord that one of these, or maybe more of these, is just going to plant something in your heart. It says, don't be in a rush. It's a good word. Keep going. Nothing's in our way. God says, I love you. Look out for me. I am holding you. Listen closely. Come wherever I go. Look out for each other. Be glad. I am with you. Don't cry because I love you. Don't say I'm not here because I am here. Be grateful. You think you're a naughty and not nice, but you're a good. You are awesome. Hope has an exclamation point at the end, so it's a command. Hope. I will always love you. You are my special prince or princess. Come to heaven with me and I will give you rest. The Holy Spirit is with you. I am full of grace. You are my present. I'm blessing you always. Fall in love with me. You are his light of hope. Eat your vegetables. It's in there. Somebody's going to feel convicted about that one. Let's just be honest here. Conviction's a gift from the Lord, just so you know. Next one, next day says, you're powerful. Be helpful. I am in you. You are my favorite. I love you even when you think I don't love you. These are good words. You can just picture my son at the table just asking the Holy Spirit to speak. Today, again, I just want to talk about the importance of spirit and truth, holding both like this, not one or the other. And I know if you're like me, sometimes it's really hard to receive. And it's strange because I have been the recipient of like crazy generosity, ridiculous generosity, but it's hard. I think there's something in me that feels like I have to earn anything that I get, right? I was reminded of a story uh, when we were living in Costa Rica um, a few years ago. 
a friend had loaned a, a huge sea kayak to us, and we lived in a bay, and so my wife, being very adventurous, wanted to try paddling out to the island off in the distance with her mom, and her mom's really sweet, loving person, but very accident-prone. And this is, wasn't an easy paddle. I mean, a lot of, a lot of body strength, and the tides kind of hit the island in different ways in the currents. So you had to go around the reef and come up on one side. So I was nervous, right? I kind of have that, like, overprotective dad thing. So they've been gone for a while. They've been gone for a longer while, been an hour, two hours. And I start getting really worried. So after over two hours, two and a half, three, I start pacing back and forth, up and down the beach, and asking people, hey, have you seen two ladies in a big sea kayak, and no one had seen them. And like, I had this like unsettledness in my spirit where I had to do something, right? I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't thinking real logically. So what I do? I, I grabbed my kid's boogie board. You guys know what a boogie board is? You know, child size. It had the leash on it. So I put it on my wrist, and I decided I'm going to swim out there all the way to the island. I'm not a good swimmer. It's like splashing and flailing. It's ugly, but I, you know, there's no stopping me. So I take off, and I'm going, I'm going. I get tired pretty quickly, but I keep going, and then I get on the little boogie board, and I kick my legs for a while, and I keep going. And as I'm doing this, I'm starting to have a little bit of clarity, like, how exactly am I going to help them if I arrive on this little boogie board? And I'm thinking, I don't have anything on me that would help in any situation. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm going. So I keep going, going, going. Progress was slow. In the distance, I see another kayak. It's not them because the kayak's smaller, but I thought maybe he's seen them. So I show up, and this guy's like diving down, coming up. When I show up, when he comes up, this guy is totally freaked out. He's terrified. Why is this crazy guy out in the middle of the ocean on a boogie board? And I'm just trying to say, hey, have you seen two ladies on a kayak? And he's so scared that he, he doesn't want to engage, and I decided I'd better keep my distance, but he hadn't seen them. So I keep going, right? Man, I'm tired. Muscle cramps. I'm so tired that I finally just put my head on this little boogie board and I'm kicking my legs, right? Every once in a while, I look up and I, and I aim towards the island. Keep kicking, kicking, kicking. And I'm like praying, Lord, please give me some energy. Give me some strength. And then I hear a voice. I know that sounds strange. And the voice said my name, right? This is weird. I pull my head up and my friend is there. He's like, hey, I heard about Kelly and your mom. I took my kayak. He's in a kayak, a small kayak all the way to the island. They're okay. Had a little mishap because of the tides and the currents hitting the island. They're fine though. They're heading back to shore. Why don't you hop in the kayak with me, Adam, and I'll give you a ride back to the shore. Now, mind you, I'm like, here's where the water is. You know, I'm barely floating. I'm not like treading water where it's right here. You know, it's just my face. And I respond, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm great. No worries. And he looks at me, and then he looks at how far the shore is from me. And he looks back, he's like, no, just come on. Just get in the kayak. Oh, no, 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 I'm great. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. And I refused. No matter how many times he offered to give me a ride in his kayak, I don't know why I insisted. Oh, I can do it. I'm good. No worries. There's something that is hard about receiving at times. And maybe it's a personality type. I don't encourage us to receive even last week, I was overwhelmed about some things, and nothing related to Midtown, um, but overwhelmed, and my wife was like, well, let me do A, B, and C for you. She said, take that off your plate so you don't have to do it. I'm like, no, 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 I'll do it. She said, just let me do it. I'm like, no, 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 I, I've got it. And she can see, like, the stress and anguish that I'm carrying, and she said, you're just going to cling to that boogie board, aren't you, Adam? <laughs> I responded, yes, yes, I am. Um, I did release the boogie board, and she graciously helped me. But I say all these things because... 
I want us to receive the depth and the weightiness of these truths that I'm going to share. And some of these are truths that maybe you've heard for a long time. Don't let familiarity rob you of how beautiful and powerful they are. And some of these truths are going to be new to you, but I want them to sink in deep and for us to receive. So I'm going to talk about truth first, and then I'm going to hit the importance of spirit. So the gospel message is sometimes... It's underrepresented when we try to communicate it. And I want to catch a little more comprehensive view. But the beauty of the gospel should just leave us in awe. When we hear the gospel, the the primary blessing of the gospel is called justification. Now, this is a word that, you know, you hear in church. Sometimes we don't know what it means. Sometimes people say it means just as if I didn't sin. We might say that. That's okay to say. But it's actually not that because it's even better than that. Because we did sin. It's being moved from sin to grace. It's meaning that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's being completely forgiven. We have peace with God. We have, we have Christ's righteousness. It's declared, we're declared righteous. Do you see this? Are you catching this? Let's make sure that the weight of it really sinks in. So this is justification. It, it's a legal term, meaning that we're made right. In God's eyes, no condemnation, forgiven, peace with God. Now, there's two words I'm going to say here that might feel like strange foreign words, but they're important for us to grasp the beauty of the gospel, expiation and propitiation. Just think of X like exit, right? It means out or away. Because of the gospel, because Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us, what happens was he paid for our sin, but our sin Shame and guilt has been moved away. I don't know if, if you're like me, but there's times where I've, I've said with my mouth that I've forgiven someone, but I've kept like a mental list in my back pocket. Have you ever done that? Like just in case they do it again, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to pull it out. Remember that time? That's not how it works. They're paid for completely. And then propitiation means that God's anger has been appeased. And you might be a little bit caught off guard, like God's anger. When we think about the beauty of the gospel, we have to remember that God in his perfect holiness and purity is offended by sin because he's so pure and holy. And Christ's perfect sacrifice appeased the anger of the Father. I love that he paid for our our sin, but he also paid for our shame and our guilt when he appeased the Father. I lived a lot of my Christian life described as guilt management. Uh, I was sharing this with Jennifer before the service. I just thought the Christian life meant I need to know more and I need to try harder. I don't know where I picked that up because that's not grace. It's not what we're invited into. We're invited into something so beautiful, something that sets us free, something that should birth hope and joy and freedom in our hearts. So I'm going to keep more of, this is just gifts of the gospel, gifts of Christ. We're given eternal life. Last week, Jay shared, and I'm building a lot on his. By the way, I've got the scripture references for all these, but I didn't want to bombard you with scripture because I've got more scripture coming. If you'd like to know, hey, where exactly is that verse about, oh, justification, no condemnation, come and see me. I'd love to share that with you. But building on what Jay shared from Romans 8, it says that we're more than conquerors. He said that so well last week. We're heirs 
God works all things for the good of those who love him. Holy Spirit prays for us. Romans 8 says, Holy Spirit prays for us and moans and groans too deep for understanding. But it later says in Romans 8 that Jesus prays for us. And are we, are we receiving the weight of how beautiful the gospel is, how comprehensive the gospel is? It should just be hitting us. He prays for us. Nothing can separate us from his love. So if we, if we just sit in this for a little while and we receive... Our hearts should be in such a posture of awe. And the cool thing is this, is that I haven't even shared with you the highest privilege of the gospel. I've shared with you the fundamental, which is the justification. Remember, it's a legal term that we have been made right, right? We've been forgiven. We've been declared righteous. But that's a legal term, justification. The highest privilege of the gospel is what's called adoption, We've been invited into the family of God. Isn't that beautiful? Sons and daughters, it communicates affection, gentleness, tenderness, love, generosity. We're the objects of his affection. Zephaniah 3.17 is a verse that really struck me. I've been serving as a pastor for a long time, and I knew it was about the faithful remnant of Israel, but it's also about us as believers, and it says that God takes great delight in us and that he rejoices over us with singing. Did you catch that? God rejoices over us with singing? We're the objects of his affection? We have a tender, loving father. In Luke 11, Jesus, this isn't on the slides, but he, he gives us the Lord's Prayer. What's the first thing he says? Our father, right? He teaches us. There's, a, there's this intimacy, there's this closeness. And after he gives the Lord's Prayer, he tells this story. And there's a story of a man who's, who's cuddled up in his bed, and his kids are in the bed with him. Maybe you've heard this story. And so someone comes, and they knock on the door. So it's the neighbor. So the neighbor had surprise company coming come to town. Now, culturally, it's first century um, Mediterranean culture. Hospitality was really, really an important value and their practices. So it was really important that this guy could offer his guests hospitality. So he comes and he knocks on the door. This is what this guy says. He says, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. Can you visualize this? The guy's cuddled up in bed. He's got his kids. The guy's knocking on the door. He's like, hey, don't bother me. I'm already in bed with my kids. The door's locked. Maybe you remember the rest of the story. Keeps knocking, keeps knocking, right? And then what's the dad do? He gets up and he helps his neighbor. I share this story because I don't want us to visualize ourselves when we picture that story as the person outside is desperate and frantic and knocking. We are the children snuggled up with the father and the story because of this beautiful doctrine of adoption, being made his sons and his daughters. Do you see the difference when we read this story? We're not the outsider begging for help. We're the loved ones, the beloved, where he, he cares for us. He's so tender and gentle. There's times where I'm a little bit of a grumpy dad that happens. Even as grumpy dad, if my little Charlie, my youngest, says, Dad, I'm so thirsty. Even grumpy dad's going to give her a glass of water. How much more a loving, perfect father? 
And knowing this makes a big difference in how we pray. We don't have to beat down the door. One of my favorite verses, I'm going to share several of my favorite verses, is 1 John 3, 1. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That, that language is lavished his love on us. I just see it like spilling all over us. Let's not miss this, like Kelly was saying. Let's not miss the weight and the beauty of these truths. Truth is, is that you're not defined by your failures. You're also not defined by your successes. Some of you are like, wait a minute, I've worked hard. I'm successful. I see some friends out there very successful. We're defined by something even better and more beautiful. We're defined by this love the Father has lavished upon us, being made sons and daughters. But this isn't all. Hopefully, hopefully our minds are spinning a little bit just in awe of the, of the beauty and the vastness of the gospel, but we're also given the Holy Spirit. Last week, Jay said this. He said, sometimes we're settling for less, and that's been echoing in my head all week, settling for less. Don't settle for less. So we have, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have the Word, right? Acts 2 is the story of Pentecost. shows the Holy Spirit coming upon the early church. Ephesians 1 says all believers have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says all believers have the Holy Spirit. So we, we have this beautiful mystery of a, of a God that's a trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? And it's, it's mysterious, and I try to study it. I wouldn't say I grasp it all, but I would say that there's a danger of living like the trinity is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible, but it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the churches today, sometimes there's a divorce between Holy Spirit and the Word, and it seems to be one or the other, not everywhere, but I'm saying, let's hold both like this, Spirit and truth. And I was fortunate to grow up in the church. Every every weekend I went to church, and I kind of alternated my mom's church and my dad's church, and we had our little flannelgrams and put stickers beside our name on the poster boards, and you younger people wouldn't know what flannelgrams are. Maybe some of you do, but we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. And so I guess the lack of communication about the Holy Spirit actually communicated a lot to me about the Holy Spirit, that he wasn't that important, that he wasn't that active, that he was the silent partner. That's what I learned. I don't think that's what they were intentionally trying to teach, but that's what I picked up on. Holy Spirit doesn't do those things today. He doesn't speak and stir and move today. I'm here to tell you that Scripture says that He does. You know, as a kid, to be honest, I only mentioned Holy Spirit, but sometimes they said something called the Holy Ghost, and that just scared me. I mean, as a little kid, Holy Ghost. Maybe didn't want Him to talk about that guy, right? But the truth is that He is active. He does move. He does stir. He does heal. He does oh, bring us freedom. 2 Corinthians says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He wants us to walk in freedom. My first encounter with the Holy Spirit, I had just gotten hired at a church in Ohio, discipleship pastor there, and uh, I don't know why, hard for me to receive, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Anybody else do that? I don't know why I do that, way more than anyone else does. And so I was new, uh, this church, and my house didn't sell. This was the time when the market was struggling here. And so I was actually staying with a friend in Ohio. My family was here. 
And I was that night before, I was like so dizzy and nauseous. Every time I lifted my head off the pillow, I felt the room spinning like this. I'd never experienced that before, but there's no way I was going to miss work. Being the new guy, putting the pressure on myself, I was going to be there early, and I was going to be the last one to leave. So I'm, I get out of bed. I try to shower. I collapse on the bathroom floor, which is gross. I get up. I go downstairs. I try to eat breakfast, and I put my head on the table, and this is awkward because I don't know these people that well. And, but there's no way I'm going to be late for work. I get to work, and I'm trying to work. And we have this big room where a few of us shared uh, this workspace. And I'm trying to work, and I keep having to put my head down. And the executive pastor is like, hey, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I just feel nauseous. Every time I lift my head up, it feels like the room starts spinning around. He was a big guy. He's like, I know what's wrong with you. So he gets up. I'm like, what is this guy going to do to me? He walks around his desk. He comes around to my desk. He puts his hand on me, and he starts praying for me. And like that, I'm being serious. It all left. I mean, he, he said, you've got an inner ear. And I'm like, I don't know what I have. All of the spinning, all the nausea, everything disappeared completely. I'm in a little bit of shock. I'm trying to get it to come back. I'm turning my head. I'm getting up. I'm thinking, this, is, this isn't real. And I, I really, I'm trying. And it wouldn't come back. I'm like, well, this is a really cool medical insurance package here at my new church, right? No, no deductible, no copay. But I'm like, man, this was wild. This was cool. Well, this, this does reflect what scriptures say about the character of who Jesus is and how he worked, Right? Which, which leads me to one of my favorite verses. And I've shared this with some of you before. This is from John 16. The context is Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus knows that he's, his death on the cross is soon and he's going to be returning to the Father. And he says this to his disciples. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Let me just pause. A lot of times when Jesus said something, the disciples were like, I have no idea what that means right? Sometimes I come to scripture and I've studied a lot, but I'm still like, I don't totally understand this. But Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I leave. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. The helper is the Holy Spirit. Do you see how much this communicates about who the Holy Spirit is? It communicates volumes. Because the disciples are thinking, how could it possibly be better for us not to have you with us? The only way it could be possible is if the Holy Spirit's who Scripture says that he is. So I ask you, what, what do you believe about the Holy Spirit? What do you know he's with you and he's for you? He's powerful. You know, let's take advantage of our advantage. If it's to our advantage, the Holy Spirit. If you, if you believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, lived the perfect life, he died on the cross, paid for our sins, Conquered death, rose from the dead, seated at the right hand of God. If you profess this and you've repented of your sins, you have the Holy Spirit. He resides within you. In John 4, Jesus is talking to a woman. And in the conversation, he tells the woman what God desires. Now, if you ever hear read a passage of Scripture and it says, God wants this. Like if you read something that says, this grieves the Holy Spirit. Let's make it a priority and a value. Let's avoid that. This, the Holy Spirit's pleased with, let's make a priority to do that. This is what Jesus said about God desires this. He says, God desires worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. 
This is what we're invited into, spirit and truth. And it's a beautiful invitation because God wants what's best for us, even as his commands are for our best interest. They're to protect us. They're to reveal our need for a savior and to protect us. Protect us from what? From the consequences of sin, from damaging our testimony. A few of my favorite commands. Here's one, Ephesians 5. This is a command. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a better command than go take a vacation, right? Better command than, you know, when someone tells me to go eat, go eat a tub of ice cream. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled. It's written in a tense that means a continuous action. So we have these things in Scripture that are called sins of omission, where if we're not actually doing what we're called to do, we're sinning. We think we're okay if we just don't do anything bad, right? See, in, in Matthew 25, there's three stories. One's of these... These virgins, they're bridesmaids, and they don't actually do what they need to do to prepare for the wedding banquet. And then the second story is uh, this guy who's given a talent by a wealthy man, and he just buries it. And then the third story is about sheep and goats, and the goats are people who didn't care for the poor and the sick and the needy. And you see from all three of these, they're guilty of sins of omission. It was what they didn't do. And I'm saying that we've been invited to keep in step with the Spirit, Walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So it's a beautiful invitation, but it's a command with our best interest at heart to walk with a deep awareness of the truth of God's character and His Word, but walk in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says this, and 1 Corinthians is one of those letters where Paul's actually, he's responding to things that the Corinthians have written to him, and he says this, he commands them, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Isn't that cool? Like I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I've thought, like, I have permission to want more? Let's not settle for less. We can eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. We have the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that spoke through my son when he was six years old. You read in Acts 2 about Pentecost, you see the Holy Spirit doesn't discriminate based on age, based on gender. He still speaks. He still moves. And the Lord can do a lot with a little. I'm going to share one last story. Um, in Acts 15, there's something called the Council of Jerusalem. The church was facing problems that they had never faced before. These Gentiles were becoming believers. And so the church fathers were like, what in the world do we do with this? And how many of you guys know, if you look around the world right now, we're facing problems that we've never faced before. And so we ask ourselves, what do we do? How do we handle this? What's most honoring to the Lord? How do I press into these things? And these church fathers set an example for us. They did four things for us. First off, they were looking around and see what was happening. What is the Lord doing? In Acts 15, we see, well, miracles and signs and wonders, and these Gentiles are becoming believers. Okay, so they're aware of what's happening. What's the second thing they do? Well, they're speaking, and then James speaks up. He's like, hey, remember what the prophet Amos said? He said that these Gentiles have come to faith in God. So we, we need to be aware of what's happening around us. Have, have a mind that knows the scripture so we know the heart of God, so we can discern what God's doing, we can hear his voice, know if it's him or not. So looking around, scripture, later on, Holy Spirit. So they write this letter to the Gentiles. It's interesting. It says, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. They valued the Holy Spirit. They want the Holy Spirit to give approval. They want to be attentive to what the Holy Spirit said. 
But the fourth part is they did it together in collaboration because we need each other. Really appreciate Midtown's value for relationships, for connection. I'm grateful to be a part of that. But I want you to know that if we're walking in spirit and truth, God doesn't always work in predictable ways, right? If you've read the Bible, you know he, sometimes he does things in a strange way. Now, he never compromises his character. He's always good, right? He doesn't do anything that would be sinful, ever. But his ways are sometimes unusual. I mean to say that unpredictable, and I say that because I want to heighten our attentiveness to the Holy Spirit. Here's some examples. Peter's like, hey, Jesus, we need to pay taxes. You guys remember what Jesus said to Peter? He's like, hey, well, you go throw your fishing pole, your fishing line in the water. When you catch the fish, take the coins out of his mouth. Pay our taxes, right? Perfect sense, right? We're logical. It's, it's not super predictable. Think of uh, Jesus, you know, touching a man's tongue or spitting in the dirt and putting mud on someone. Think of Moses with the Israelites complaining and saying, hey, we're hungry. And God's like, okay, and just going to have some bread falling from the sky. See, his ways aren't always predictable. Think of Elijah calling down fire from heaven or God sending ravens to Elijah. These ravens came to Elijah when he was hiding and they delivered meat and bread. Come on, this isn't super predictable, right? Um, other examples. I love these two. I just, Paul had these handkerchiefs and aprons that he touched. And when these were distributed, they healed diseases and they cast out demons. Come on, that's not real predictable. Peter's shadow healed people as he walked by. His shadow, read, read the book of Acts and you'll see about these. What I'm saying is that let's just come together with spirit and truth. Always walking in grace. Always walking in love and humility. Let's have such a high value for the scripture, but let's be attentive to the voice of the Father. Now, we're going to know it's the Father by, by knowing his words. So we know his character and his heart, but let's be careful not to, be, not to believe lies. I'll give you an example. There's a pastor and teacher that I really respect and appreciate, and he, he always gives this example when someone says, yeah, but Holy Spirit doesn't speak to me like that. My, my prayers don't heal anyone. And he says, well, well who told you that? Where did you get that, that truth? He's like, well, my past told me that. And so your past is what's telling you the truth. He said, well, what does God's word say? If we're, we have a source of truth right here, but he says this. He says, think of this illustration. You've got a baby who's a crawler, right? This is his illustration. The baby doesn't have that thinking, I'm not a walker. I'm a crawler. It's what I've always done. I crawl. It's the voice of the Father. You can do it. You can do it. It's the voice of the Father that speaks truth into our lives, not our past. And, and the voice of the Father here speaks of the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it's to, his advantage, to the, our advantage, to the disciples' advantage, because we have the Holy Spirit, who he called a helper. I don't say any of this to bring any, any shame or guilt. I, I really want to invite us all in and Personally, I'm inviting myself just to examine my heart. Am I walking in truth? Am I studying God's word? Am I renewing my mind with God's word? Am I seeking to be attentive to the Holy Spirit? Am I doing both? So I want more. I don't want to settle for less. 
If, if there is any conviction in your heart, again, I say that conviction is a gift from the Lord because the Lord has our best interest at heart. He wants what's best for you. He wants us to walk in a scripturally rich life that's spirit-filled and step with the Spirit. I'm going to end with uh, these quotes. These are some of my favorite quotes from my favorite devotional. Keep going. Look out for me. Listen closely. I will always love you. The Holy Spirit is with you. You're powerful. I am in you. I love you even when you think I don't love you. Don't settle for less. I believe the Lord's inviting us today not to settle. He's inviting us to walk in freedom. He's inviting us to to keep in step with the Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our life, the love, joy, peace, patience. Maybe you know them from Galatians 5. Inviting us to experience hope. It's inviting us to be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've got three friends. I'm going to ask to stand in the back of the room. Maybe you never received the affection of your earthly father. Maybe, maybe your earthly father was critical or you never received the approval. It all comes down to the truths that we believe because all of our actions are the byproducts of what we believe. So at its root, we've got to have a foundation that he's good and that he loves us. And so just have an invitation for you to receive. Receive and embrace. My friends are going to continue leading us in worship. But if you would like to receive, it's an earthly hug but it's from someone who carries the heart of the Father. As we continue our time in worship, I've got three men who just carry the heart of the Father, offering hugs, symbolic of a hug from our Heavenly Father. So I don't know where you are. I don't know. It doesn't matter your age, your gender. You might be significantly older than these guys, but I invite you just to receive a free embrace if you would like. You can double dip. Maybe hug all three. Man, go for it. They're free. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your love. Lord, would our minds catch a fuller grasp of the beauty of the gospel? Would we understand that you've lavished us with your love and you called us sons and daughters? Would we also see what it means to walk in the Spirit and you've given us your Holy Spirit as a seal, as a deposit? Would we not miss it? Would we not settle for less? Would we know your love? Would we receive the embrace? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for inviting us into your family. We love you, Jesus. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.